I'm a Paralympic alpine ski racer. I'm, my husband and I are on the national team, and I'm visually impaired, and we ski race all over the world. I'm visually impaired to a disease called retinitis pigmentosa. I can see objects maybe up to three to five feet maximum, but I can't just tell you what they are. After I lost my mom and lost my vision and, you know, pretty much lost my will to live, I found ski racing. And I clicked into my skis and loaded the chairlift and then went down my first run with my dad guiding me. That was pretty incredible. I mean, it, it still brings joy to my heart and tears to my eyes because the freedom was just there immediately. The, the sense of what have I been doing for three years? Why have I been sitting back feeling sorry for myself. Why haven't I been getting out there and trying new things? And it just was the beginning of my life. That's when I started living my life. So this is our communication system uh, by Cardo. It's actually designed for motorcycles. Um, it's got two speakers on the inside of the helmet and a microphone. This is the battery pack. It's all Bluetooth. So once we turn it on and they sync up, it's just like talking on the phone. All I'm doing back there is Trusting my husband, knowing that he's going to tell me when to start my turn, when to go faster, and I'm going to try to push myself to go faster and tell him to go faster. So with my communication to Rob, it's either wait or go and pretty much nothing else. Our vision is for gold, not bronze, so we're going to keep going into 2014 Sochi, Russia, and hope that we can earn a gold. That's a pretty cool story, and it's one in which you have to listen, and you have to obey, and you have to trust. As they obeyed the commands that they were hearing in their headsets, they were able to complete the course. They were able to cross the finish line. Danielle Umstead received the bronze medal back in the Sochi Olympics just a few years ago, and in a situation like this, it's either complete trust or complete catastrophe, right? I mean, if you are a, a blind downhill skier, you have to trust the person that's giving you the instructions. There's no arguing with her guide. There's no going her own way. There's no thinking, I can do this better on my own. You have to completely trust your guide. And so it is with our spiritual lives. You and I are blind downhill skiers in this life. And it is for us either that we are going to completely trust God and his word or face complete catastrophe. That's the options. Are we going to trust the Lord as he guides us through this life and by his word? If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Psalms in Psalm 119, and we're continuing our series through Psalm 119, and this uh, series is called The People of the Book, and this psalm is all about us knowing God's Word, loving God's Word, obeying God's Word, trusting God's Word. In fact, this is week 11 in a 22-week series, and so we're, we're reaching the halfway mark today. And I'll say to you this, if you haven't changed the way that you are interacting with God's word, if you're not more engaged with God's word than you were 11 weeks ago, you're totally missing the point of this sermon series. 
Okay, this sermon series is all about being people of the book. And so if you are not in your walk with the Lord growing more in your interaction with God's word, then you have for 11 weeks missed the point. Okay, and so we're halfway here. We're going to continue to go. It's not too late to get on track. Okay, so we want you to focus on what God is teaching us through his word. And Psalm 119 is uh, in the Hebrew language, a, a poem, an alphabet poem in which each stanza corresponds with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, and this particular stanza, each line begins with the letter Kaf, which is right here in front of you. And uh, all this particular stanza is showing us about how we can trust God in his word. So if you have your Bibles open, I ask that you to stand with me in honor of the word of God today. We're going to be in Psalm 119, verse 81. The word of God says, I long for your salvation. I put my hope in your word. My eyes grow weary looking for what you have promised. I ask, when will you comfort me? Though I become like a wineskin dried by smoke, I do not forget your statutes. How many days must your servant wait? When will you execute judgment on my persecutors? The arrogant have dug pits for me. They violate your instruction. All your commands are true. People persecute me with lies. Help me. They almost ended my life on earth, but I did not abandon your precepts. Give me life in accordance with your faithful love, and I will obey the decree that you have spoken. Thank you. You may be seated. Today, as we study this stanza, we're going we're gonna to talk about what it means to trust God while we are weary and what it means for us to trust in the word of God. And so we begin with the idea of trusting while we're weary. And in this section of Psalm 119, we learn that the psalmist has come to a point where he is tired, where he is weary, where he is frustrated. Have you ever been in a place like that before? You might be in that place right now. Because if we were honest, this year has been the longest decade of our lives, hasn't it? I mean, just in the, in the last few weeks, we've had a full moon and Halloween and a time change and an election and a contested election with COVID on top of all of it. And people are tired. People are weary. So what do you do in a time like this? You see, it's in the darkest times that our light will shine the brightest. It's in our weakest moments that it becomes clear where we find our strength. So I want you to listen to the words of the psalmist when he's in this moment. In verse 81, he says, I long for your salvation. I put my hope in your word. So the psalmist has received this promise of God, this promise of salvation. He says that he is longing for it. He's waiting for God to fulfill his promise. He has hope. He says, I put my hope in your word. He has hope, which means that there's expectation here. He truly desires for God's promise to come to fruition in his life. He's holding tight to the fact that God told him so, that God said it would be so. God has promised, and, and I believe, he says. 
It's not unlike what Isaiah says in Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. That God will keep us in peace because we're trusting in him and he is faithful. And so the psalmist here is saying, I have faith, Lord, even when I'm tired. And he continues to trust in God's promise, even though it takes longer than he hoped it would. When you come to the next verse, in verse 82, he says, My eyes grow weary looking for what you have promised. I ask, when will you comfort me? His eyes are are heavy. He's asking for relief. Have you ever been in a moment like that in your life? A time that it becomes difficult to trust in God's promise because it seems like it's just taking so long. It seems that maybe God's forgotten about his promises. It seems like no one is listening as you're praying. And so he cries out, Lord, when will you comfort me? When will you answer your promise? And at times like this, it can be easy for us to just give up. It can be easy for us to turn our back. It can be easy for us to get angry with God. Why, God? In verse 83, listen to how he describes his his feelings. He says, though I have become like a wineskin dried by smoke. He's describing a wineskin that's empty, It's dried out and crusty and hard. The smoke is damaged and torn up the wineskin. That's how he feels at this moment. And it might be how you feel today. Yet at that very moment, you see that his faith is unwavering. In verse 83, he continues by saying, But I do not forget your statutes. Even when I've become dried up and weary, even when I feel empty, even when I have waited and waited, even when I don't think I can go on any longer, even when the world has beat me down, I do not forget your word. I don't forget your promises to me. Do we have a faith like that a faith that's going to stand on the promises of God even in the dry times a faith that's going to stand on the promises of God even in the waiting times that's an old old hymn that we used to love to sing standing on the promises of God in the second verse of that hymn it says that we're standing on the promises that cannot fail y'all realize that God's word, God's promises cannot fail. That you're standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail us, by the living word of God, I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God. And so if we believe God's word to be true, then we can stand on the promises of God and trust him even when we're dried up 
and tired and empty. But as you continue in this stanza, the trusting becomes even more difficult. It's not just that he's waiting for God to answer his promises and to to come through on his word. It's that everything around him is falling apart. Everything around him seems to be going in the opposite direction. And the circumstances around his life have made trusting in God more and more difficult. Does any of this sound familiar? Has anybody ever been in these places before? In verse 84, he says, How many days must your servant wait? When will you execute judgment on my persecutors? He's asking, when is all this going to be over? How long, he's asking, because he wants the suffering to cease. He wants the trial to end. The psalmist is asking, when, when, Lord, are you going to take care of business? (laughs) When are the wicked going to be punished? Because it seems like everything is for naught in my life. I'm trying to live for you, God. I'm trying to stand on your promises. I'm trying to trust in you, but I'm suffering. And the persecutors are succeeding. This is a low point for this psalmist. In fact, this is the first verse in all of Psalm 119 where he doesn't make mention of the word of God. Every single verse, he's talking about God's decrees, his ordinances, his laws, his promise, his uh, precepts, his statutes. You see all these references, every single verse all the way through until you come to this verse. He's at a low point here. In verse 85, he says, the arrogant have dug pits for me. They violate your instruction. He's continuing to cry out about his circumstances, that they're preparing a grave for him. The bad guys are are after him. And at times like this, the easy thing to do is to take your eyes off of God and to put them onto yourself. It's to become depressed or detached, mired in our circumstances, trying to figure out how we're going to save ourselves, trying to figure out a a plan to get us through this present trial. And we fail to trust God despite our circumstances. We are in times like this. We're often in the word less when we need to be in the word more. And that's exactly what God is calling for us to do here. But as you continue, you see the psalmist working through this. And in verse 86, he's still trusting in spite of his circumstances. He says, all of your commands are true. People persecute me with lies. Help me. I mean, he's just clinging on right there. Lord, all of your commands are true. I'm facing all this hardship. People persecuting me with lies. Lord, help me. In Psalm chapter 9, verse 10, the Bible says, Those who know your name trust in you because you've not abandoned those who seek you, Lord. He's not abandoned those who seek you. And that's exactly where the psalmist is at this moment. 
He says, Lord, they're, they're persecuting me with lies. Help me. He's going back to the word of God, knowing that God's commandments are true and faithful and trusting in them. And he's crying for God to help him. He's trusting still. And the question that you have to answer in your heart this morning is that no matter what circumstances are going on, no matter what trial you're going through, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's falling apart, no matter what's going great, are you going to trust God even now? Are you going to be in his word, clinging to his promises even now? Because that's where we go in the second part of this stanza, that we're going to trust in God's word. In verse 87, he says that they have almost ended my life on earth, but I did not abandon your precepts. He says this is about as bad as, it's going to, as it gets. They, they have just about ended my life. They about killed me. But I did not abandon your word. Even then, he's believing in God. He's trusting in his promises. He's trusting and he's not wavering in his faith in spite of all these circumstances, even though they've almost destroyed him. In Psalm 56, verse 3, the Bible tells us, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. That's exactly what he's doing at this moment. He's afraid, fearful for his life, at at his last rope. And he says, but I still, even then, did not abandon your word. And that's because the Bible is filled with stories of God being faithful to his people against overwhelming odds. I mean, from the beginning to the end, we see this where God brought his people through a dry sea while the most powerful man on earth was pursuing them with an army of chariots. We see where God brought his people into a land that he had prepared for them where giants lived that made his people look like grasshoppers, where God preserved his people even as they were rebelling against him, where God sustained his people even through the invasions of the Assyrians and the Babylonians, where God protected his own son when the king killed all of the boys under two years of age, where God protected his church against persecution from the Roman emperor who desired to wipe them off the earth. You see, God has always come through no matter the circumstances. God has never lost. God has never failed. And he ain't starting now. You think what's going on in your life is tough, try coming up to the edge of a sea with, the, with the, you know, all of Egypt running behind you. The psalmist is, is trusting in God's word here. He says, Lord, you've never failed, and I'm, I'm trusting you now. And he's trusting in the character and in the nature of God. We learn about who God is through his word, about how he acts, how he thinks through his word. We trust in the promises of God because of who God is. 
We sang it earlier that he's a way maker, he's a miracle worker. All these things that we sang about who God is, that's where our hope is because he's unchanging. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And if, if God were a liar, then his word would be worthless. If God weren't trustworthy, then we couldn't trust him in spite of our circumstances. But because we know that God is faithful and true, because we know that God is good and loving, because we know that God is righteous and hates injustice, because we know that God is powerful and able, we can trust him in his promises. Corey Ten Boom once said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. We might not know what's going on, but we know God, and we're going to trust him with it. The psalmist here at the end is looking to the character of God in verse 88. He says, give me life, listen here, in accordance with your faithful love. He says, this is who you are, God. He's using the same word that we talked about last week, that Hebrew word, kesed which is translated as his faithful love, is his covenant love that he has for us. It's that mercy where he's saying, Lord, according to your great merciful love, revive me. According to your unconditional covenantal love, hold me fast. That's what he's asking here. He's trusting in who God is so that when you are struggling with doubts in your life, you're looking to God. When your heart is overwhelmed with mourning, you're looking to God. When you're struggling with all the trials of life, you're looking to God. When it seems like temptation is too much to bear, you're looking to God. When you're scared about what's going on in the world, you're looking to God. When your family seems to be falling apart, you're looking to God. When you get a bad health report, you're looking to God. And you say, I'm trusting in you and your character, God. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know your plan, but I know that I can trust you. Catherine and I experienced this in a very real way when we... Uh, began to try to have children in, in our life. We had been married for several years. This was after Catherine's accident. About three years after her accident, we tried to have children and were unable to. And for three years, <laughs> we would pray and cry out to God because this was really a desire that we had in our heart to have a family and to have children. We would pray and cry out to him and we weren't hearing what we wanted to hear and we would question and then we would pray and and, and God worked in our hearts and grew us and stretched us. And, and we were open to adoption. We were open to anything. And we began to pray and cry out to God. And through this whole experience, we said to the Lord, Lord, we don't know what your plan is, but we're going to trust you no matter what. And that's, that's the hard place to be. It's easy to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you as long as you do what I'm asking for you. Lord, Lord I'm going to trust you to, do, you know, to give me what it is that I want. 
it's much more difficult to say, God, I'm going to trust you even if you don't give me what I think I want. And so you have to come to that place where, God, I don't, I don't know what your plan is, but I'm going to trust you no matter what. And so we, we prayed like that to him. And then he gave us twins. So be careful what you pray for. I'm just going to lay that out there. But when things aren't going your way, that's when it becomes really clear where your trust truly lies. When you lean on whatever it is that gives you hope and strength in times like that. And many times when we come to a crisis moment like this, it exposes that our trust and our hope really wasn't in the Lord. And I'm here to tell you today that 401Ks can shrivel away. That political parties can lose elections. That friends can grow distant. That boyfriends and girlfriends can break up. That jobs can be eliminated. We learned this year that the whole world can be shut down. That drugs and alcohol can leave you empty. But my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but I'm going to wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And he says, I'm going to trust in you. Because your word has taught me, Lord, that you are a merciful God. You're a God who's willing to forgive all who repent. You're a God that shows compassion to the hurting. You're a God who gives strength to the weak. So, Lord, I need you to be merciful to me at this time. I need you to revive me according to your faithful love. And in verse 88, he says, and I will obey the decrees that you have spoken just so I can continue to trust in you I can continue to put my hope and my faith in you because I need you Lord I'm like a blind downhill skier in this life and it's either complete trust or complete catastrophe and there are some here this morning who need to put their complete trust in Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their life as we began our service today, we talked about, as we offered praise to God in that time of prayer, about how God sent his very son, Jesus. And he came to this earth and offered himself as the sacrifice for your sins and for mine, for all the ways that we had fallen short, all the ways that we had rebelled, all the ways that we had disobeyed the word of God. And there on the cross, he paid the price for our sins, where he shed his blood. And he died because the penalty for our sin is death. He's placed in the grave. But God is faithful to his promises. God is true to his word. And on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he offers life and forgiveness and salvation to all who would put their faith and their trust in him as the savior of their life. You saw two this morning who were baptized making a public profession of this faith that we're talking about. 
saying, I'm putting my hope and my trust in what Jesus did for me. And the Bible says that if we will call upon the name of the Lord, that we'll be saved. If we'll turn from our sin and call on him to forgive us, that he'll wash us clean, he'll make us new such that we're born again. And that might be the decision that some of you in this room need to make this morning. Now I want to encourage you during this time of response to, to come and to speak with one of these leaders that are going to be at the front and to say to them, I want to trust in Jesus today. Maybe you're worshiping with us online. I want you to know that you can make this decision in your heart right now by ter- calling on Lord, the Lord to forgive you and putting your faith in Jesus. You can be saved today. And we'd love to know about it. You can get your phone and text the word DECIDE to the number 865-234-3241. And that'll let us know uh, about this decision that you've made in your heart today. And we can talk with you and pray with you and encourage you in your relationship with the Lord. Christians, maybe today you find yourself in a trying time in your life. The message of this section today is put your trust in God and his word. Hold tight to his promises. Continue to trust him even in spite of all the circumstances. That no matter what's going on in your life or going on in your world, continue to trust him. Trust in his character. Trust in his goodness. Trust in his faithfulness. and He'll fulfill his word. And so maybe you want to spend some time in prayer at this altar this morning or there at your seat, saying, God, you know what's going on in my life. This is the burden that I'm carrying. This is the weight that's on my shoulders. Lord, I'm laying it at your feet, and I'm trusting you with it today. But no matter what God is doing in your heart right now, this is the time for us to be doers of this word and not just hearers only. Let's stand with every head bowed and every eye closed. God, thank you that we can trust you. God, no matter what's going on, no matter where we find ourselves today, we can trust you. We can trust in your word. We can trust in your promises. Lord, you're good and you're faithful. And God, I know that there are people all across this room that are dealing with all sorts of, of issues that have all sorts of burdens on their hearts today. And God, I pray that they would lay those at your feet this morning and say, God, I trust you with it. I trust in your word. Lord, I'm going to cling tight to your promises. And God, if there are any here today that have never trusted in you as their Savior and as the Lord of their life, I pray that today that they would come and that they would stand uh, faithful to you and say, Lord, I, I need you. I trust you. I'm calling on you to forgive me of my sins and to save me today. So God, have your way during this time. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.